In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. You're not failing. You maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm a Halloween costume representing a fart under a blanket, and I'm Evan. I'm a celebrity miracle guest, and I'm Ronnie. You can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering CISOs, My Brother, My Brother, and Me. But before we get into that, I have a, I have a bit. Another patented Andy bit, hot off the presses. What's the bit? <laughs> so my bit was going to be, tell me a story about like you and your sibling because that that's like fun and it's connected to my brother, my brother and me, but then it made me sad. Yeah. So the bit instead is tell me about a time you tried to join like a club or something because they tried to join a secret society. Mm. Mm. I should join a club, try to join a club when I, so this is, this is a, a, a real, you know, up close and personal look at if you think this Ronnie is awkward and nerdy, uh, just you wait. Um, in so I, I watched a lot of TV growing up and had a lot of uh, preconceptions about what it was like to be in middle school, uh, like having your locker all decorated and stuff like that and and being a part of like cool clubs and the club that I wanted to be in when I got to sixth grade up to up to Neil Armstrong middle school um, was I wanted to be in the chess club. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it is like prototypical. This, this is, this is a nerd situation. Um, intellectual. Yes. Um, I, the th- the problem was there was no chess club. There, that was a thing that that was on TV and was not at my school, and so there was no chess club. So I got a teacher to start a chess club. Did you quit like right away? Basically, just <laughs> for me. Um, I and, love that, Ronnie. <laughs> and it wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of like longevity to it. I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think we had a ton of meetings. There were several. I mean what do you do there wasn't much to do we just kind of played chess in a room after school until everyone got bored of playing chess and then we went home uh it might have happened like three or four times and there were other people there i don't know if there were enough people to make like three full games of chess happen at a time including the teacher chaperone uh sponsor person so you had less than six people we had less than six people oh i think now that you say it like that, six people sounds like an exorbitant number. Um, there were there were not a lot of folks that were interested, and it wasn't uh, long lived. And I, I also think, oh no, oh no, I I remembered that I had uh, collected chess sets as a kid. I think I brought all my own chess sets in for the chess club. <laughs> what? Hey, 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 friends. 
Why yeah. wasn't why wasn't I more popular and more well liked <laughs> in middle school? As this is my big coming out into sixth grade. Why was why weren't people all into the coolness of Ronnie? Oh, Ronnie, I'm sorry, buddy. Good job, Ugh. try hard. Good, you got to recruit job. harder. You yeah. got to sell chats. Yeah, I didn't. Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. I was then and am now terrible at chess i'm absolute dog shit at chess um i don't if i know anything from netflix's queen's gambit you gotta fuck and drink a lot to be good at chess yeah i i I will i will give you some some spoilers uh Uh, drugs you gotta do a lot of drugs yeah Yeah, did you try coke sixth grade ronnie i had not tried coke yet um, I still haven't, but I definitely hadn't yet. I was going to um, question the yet, but yeah. I was going to let you finish. I definitely wasn't having sex, probably because of all the time I was spending in the chess club and uh, definitely no drinking. No drinking. We can we can play a game when you come visit. We'll play a game of chess. I'm for all real sake. bad at it. That'll make me feel real good about myself. Well, that, there's so that. Perfect. And I like yeah. making people feel good. So So there we go. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was I, I, I it was it was the other foot. I was trying to get people to join my very seemingly exclusive club because mm. participation was low. Ronnie, that was a great story. Thank that you. was probably one of my favorite Ronnie bits. It oh. was just like very quintessentially you it's and very, very funny. Me. And uh, it was very good. It made me happy. I want to be a part I- of a thing. But the thing that I had already expected to be here doesn't happen, doesn't exist. So I could join something that already exists and actually like be a part of a real thing. No, no, no. This the the TV shows that I watched growing up can't be wrong. I will start this thing and not be a part of it in you, two to three weeks. You didn't like chess. You liked the romantic idea of chess. I love the idea of chess. It's very yeah. cool. I I collected chess sets not because I liked chess but because i like the look of, che- of all the different chess sets that yeah. exist in mm-hmm. the world i have a story that's like almost the opposite vibe it's it's like people trying to get people to join clubs and also so, very cool also very cool very hip lots of sex yeah <laughs> uh so when i was in high school i went to a private catholic college preparatory high school um and i believe it was the year i started that they implemented this it might have been shortly before my freshman year of high school but it was it was just getting off the ground when i started my freshman year of high school they did this thing at school because they were a college preparatory school and somebody in the administration had gone like you know what looks good on transcripts being in a lot of clubs Kid, the fucking colleges love it when kids are in clubs. Um, so they strong-armed a bunch of the teachers into starting clubs. Like, a ton of teachers had to be in charge of clubs so that the kids could go to the clubs and then put the clubs on their, uh, like, college applications. And it was padding your resume, basically. It was a it was a resume padding exercise. So each semester you I, you weren't required to be in a club, but they would you would do a club instead of like homeroom, basically. 
So for like half an hour each day, you would go to your club with the teacher who was leading that club. And uh, that was that was what you would do instead of homeroom. And the teachers did not want to do this. They already had enough work to be doing and they were kind of like pushed into doing it by the school. Um, and I don't really think it meaningfully helped anything on my college transcripts. My, it didn't really help my application at all. So I don't even know what any of that was for, which is probably why they stopped doing it. Uh, like, I think it was I remember being in three clubs, so it was presumably like halfway through my sophomore year. They just stopped doing the clubs. And what clubs were you in? The clubs that I was in were Sign Language Club. Code breaking club and Shakespeare club. Those all sound rad. Very yeah, good they clubs. would have. They would have been rad if the teachers, the, like these poor overworked teachers, like just did not have time to be doing all this. Sign language club was probably the most productive because the teacher uh, leading sign language club, uh, her father was the superintendent of the Maryland School for the Deaf, and so she was not deaf, but she had lived her entire life basically on the campus of the Maryland School for the Deaf and like was fluent in American and Filipino sign language. So she didn't even really have to do like a plan or anything for each club meeting. She'd just like be like, hey, you guys want to learn to say dirty words in sign language? And we'd be <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so um, that it was fun. And also like I learned a, a few words in sign language, which I still remember. Uh, code breaking club. The teacher uh, basically just printed out like puzzles from the Internet for us to do. Uh, very boring. Like she this is something the teacher was interested in and liked, but she just didn't. She didn't have time to write fucking code and like write lectures on code breaking. Between all the other shit, she, had. she was like a geometry teacher. Uh, and then Shakespeare Club, we actually did. We did do a play, but we had a white kid play Othello. So, mm. yeah, it wasn't his fault. Like, we weren't aware of, like, how kind of screwed up that was at the time. It was sure. definitely like the teacher should have known better right. than to pick the play Othello for, you know, a, a club that was exclusively white people. But, you know, anyway. That was my club experience. Yeah, they all should have panned out way better than they did. Mm -hmm. So to give the audience, and I guess Ronnie and Evan, a peek behind the curtain here. Uh, I didn't really plan the bits. The bits just kind of happen sure. when we start the count to do the podcast. Mm -hmm. Very rarely, I'll like come up with a bit ahead of time. And then I will try and think of my answer to the bit. Like that comes second. I don't like pick my answer and then form a bit around that. So I picked this bit and I had an answer that I thought was kind of boring and not very good and not like great, but like it would get us through the bit to the finish line of the doing the podcast that mm -hmm. we're here to do. And then I thought of a really embarrassing answer. <laughs> And I don't want to give it because it's embarrassing, but we're already committed to this bit now. Yeah. And as a professional, as an entertainer, as a comedy podcast, 
I feel like I should give the answer that is very embarrassing for our audience. Gotta give the people what they want. Yeah. Do they want me to feel embarrassed? There's very few things that embarrass me. My opinion of you is the only opinion that matters. And um, I do think you know about this. I think you've heard about this. So, like, I, you know. I, I would like already, to like, uh, enter into the discussion, maybe that my opinion of Andy also matters, maybe. Um, now. <laughs> I want some of the Andy discussion pie, of the Andy matters pie. <sighs> Sometimes I will share with you temporarily. Okay. You'll have, you'll have to deal with that. Okay. This very possessive Evan all of a sudden. Truly. It's new. Okay. Um, you can do it. You can do it. We're all there. We're all there are very, there are very, very few things that embarrass me. Uh, I'm a pretty shameless person. Uh, this is one of them that does. My school required. I think this was middle school. Mm. Required volunteer hours. Uh, and like most people's parents lied for them. Like yes, it was very common. Mm-hmm. That like just get your parents to lie for you, or like get your neighbor to say you did some yard work for like like it was bullshit. Oh, My- you got away with that. The school mm-hmm. had like approved uh, organizations that we had to get our volunteer hours signed off with. Well, my parents care mm-hmm. because they didn't want to raise liars, mm-hmm. and <laughs> so um, however. My sister had done something called Style Squad at the mall, at the Willow Grove Mall, mm. which was a fashion show club mm. that would sign you off for volunteer hours for school. I don't know how it was volunteering, but my mom loved going to see my sister in the fashion shows, and she tried to get my brother to do it, and he wasn't having it. I don't know what he did for his volunteer hours, but my mom was like, you could do style squad and then you wouldn't have to do real work. And I was like, well, I'm a young fag. So sure, I will do (laughs) style squad. How Uh, did they not see this coming? I don't know. (laughs) When I came out to my old high school friends, they were like style squad. And I was like, yeah, I was gay. Um, I was one of three guys in style squad uh the one dude was a very good dancer Mm. and the other dude was a passionate unicyclist passionate (laughs) unicyclist all he wanted to talk about was his unicycling and then it was all girls um and we would go to like the stores and they would like help us find outfits that thought were flattering and also showed off the store very well. And they were always stoked to get the the guys in Style Squad. Uh, because. So this was like a promotion for, for the, stores the stores in and- the mall. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's not. I don't know. This, and, it's nonsense um, that this is volunteer work. But OK. Yeah, Capitalism. Volunteer work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we would only have to go like. A few, like, we didn't even have to go very frequently. Like, if there was like an event in the mall, sometimes we would like sign up to help at it. Like, uh, I think we could help with like Santa's Village and shit like that. 
but usually that was like paid so only if there was like a special event at Santa's Village or but mostly what we did was show up and do these like fashion shows or whatever um I got in trouble at the Halloween one because uh I was dancing to Thriller and apparently some of my dance moves were too provocative and uh a father complained and uh, <laughs> I got a very stern talking to uh, for dancing too sexually during Michael Jackson's uh, thriller on the Style Squad stage in the Muller Grove Mall. That wasn't that embarrassing. It's I mean, pretty embarrassing. It's people, kind people, of embarrassing. I mean, I, mean I, got made fun of, I got made fun of a lot by my friends for it. I feel like that's embarrassing when you're a teenager, but when you're sure. a fully actualized non-binary big old gay in the world yeah all of your friends are just gonna be like girl me too (laughs) yeah no my my yeah my my queerness uh now looking back is like oh yeah style squad makes more sense Mm -hmm. i i do appreciate when you said there were were there were three boys i was i was shocked that that many uh showed up but like the combination of a dancer who like just wants to dance as as often as possible and really wants to showcase their talents somebody with a very very niche talent that doesn't have any stage on which to show that and wants to find any stage to do it on and a gay is like the trifecta (laughs) of like Mm -hmm. who who Mm -hmm. comes out for that kind of a thing um that was that was what we had going for us is like the three of us worked the crowd Better than all of the bitches in Style Squad. Sure. Like, they were just, like, I don't even know if Project Runway was on yet, but, like, they were just doing, like, this weak-ass, like, walk-out, turn, walk-back. Whereas we had the really good dancer who was just, like, phenomenal at dancing. We had the weird unicyclist kid who would bring his unicycle up on the runway and do unicycle tricks. And me who I was not talented, but I was passionate (laughs) and sexual enough to get a talking to. So we were, we were uh, a match made in heaven. Gosh, I feel like I think Evan is right. It is. It is not as embarrassing as you think it is. Um, My mom loved it. It's, it's your mom also loves Elton John. Yeah. My mom, loved it and she was broken hearted when I went to high school and I quit yeah I, just... I then joined theater and she was on board for that but she was she was devastated when I quit style squad yeah Evan's <laughs> Evan's point from earlier stands of just like why why surprise why surprise yeah. I yeah. don't yeah. I don't necessarily think that you know, people can be made to be gay. Like, I don't think things can turn people gay. But if you believe that, <laughs> mm-hmm. and this was a part of your I youth, should have blamed it on Style Squad. When I mean, I yeah. Why were you gay? I Remember. should have been like, you made me do Style Squad. I learned yeah, it from watching the hours. unicyclists. <laughs> <laughs> the Willow Grove Mall. Oh, my oh, goodness. That's a, that was a joy. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. I had heard that story before, yeah. but uh, Ooh, I'm, I'm glad that you let it out into the world. Don't also, sexy you... dance to Michael Jackson. 
Evan's point from before also stands. This is not community service. This is mm-hmm. this is no, your unpaid, no, it was not un, unpaid labor for yeah. marketing. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, capitalism, baby. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the crime. Yeah. Capitalism, gotcha. Yeah. I don't think we convinced anyone to buy clothes. This was really just for the parents. You probably convinced a lot models. of people to buy the new hot single from Michael Jackson Thriller. Yeah. Couple of couple of teens were probably like, "This is you know giving me you, feelings." I should go to Fye. You know what you probably did is you uh, made it obligatory for quite a few parents to show up at the mall where they then had to buy a pretzel. food court. It was oh, really yeah. all about the yeah. food court. <laughs> On slow days at the mall, it, the parents whose kids did Style Squad had to sit in the mall for you know at least an hour or whatever. Yeah. So they definitely like meandered through the jc penny on the way out my dad maybe. was running over to radio shack show. Yeah, that's what it mm-hmm. that's what it was about that was the that was the racket do kids know what radio shack is anymore do oh. do all of our zoomer listeners it's kind of like circuit city i don't know what circuit city is no so. no the same same genre of store. same genre like best buy best buy one out in the, in okay. the well yeah and I feel like Circuit City and Radio Shack both had like components for building electronics. Yes. Whereas I don't remember Best Buy ever having that. Like I definitely went to uh, Radio Shack on one occasion to try to build some kind of electronic, mm-hmm. a, a fucking potato clock or something like that. I had to buy like wire and uh, some some uh, like conductive clamps and, and like. Radio Shack had that sort of shit. Yep. Best Buy or was like, big with, like, if you had, like, car speakers or something, they would just, like, install them for you. And they also had the Geek Squad of just, like, mm-hmm. hey, we'll do it for you. Don't even worry about it. Just buy these mm-hmm. pre-made stuff. And they won. So what's that tell you? Yeah. Damn millennials. Not us. It wasn't our fault. No. I wonder if Style Squad <laughs> is still around. Millennials were, like... 12 right. when circuit city went out of business that's fair i'm sure All right, we can, let's talk let's find let's find a mall <laughs> in america that will let us do an ending pending style squad except <laughs> it's our own merch it's only our merch no and it's stores. gonna be incredibly sexual yes. and there's nothing any conservative dads in the I, audience can do about i will it. say i don't think we should play any michael jackson tracks uh in no. the year, year of our lord 2021 but mm-hmm. Uh, still very sexual. Still very sexual. All right, let's talk about this show that we watched. I think those. I think those same dads will have a bit of a different interpretation of it now. If you know what I mean. Mm. I found an article from 2012 about Style Squad, and uh, nothing, nothing else. So that's fair. That's fair. Evan, do you want to talk about this show? I, yeah, I, let's I, let's get to the I, show. I've been waiting let's for you get to, to the show. In. All right. Uh, we are watching the the Mackle boys, the those dudes, the Mackle the Mackle fellas. We watched the last two episodes of their six episode television series that they did. Uh, the two episodes were they helped a kid try to join a secret society. He didn't specify one. He, the The listener prompt was that the the listener wanted to join a secret society. And they had to figure out a secret society and how to join it. So 
they started by just calling secret societies. They, they just tried to, like, get information. They, well, they went to the mayor. They asked if there were secret shadow organizations running the government. Uh, and then Travis just tried to call the Knights Templar, who apparently just have a phone number that you can call. And they transferred him to the Freemasons, who apparently also just have a phone number that you can call. This was a very funny bit that they did. Um, and then they decided that finding secret societies to join was too much work. So they formed their own secret society uh, called uh, Knights Templar II, the Wacky Wizards. And uh, enrollment is by default. You can only opt out. So everyone in the world is secretly, unbeknownst to them, a member of the Knights Templar II, Wacky Wizards. And in that sense, it is a secret society. Uh, there was also kind of a running bit in this episode where they filmed it out of order and they were like, we didn't film this part yet. So we're so there were like two bits in it where they were like, yeah, we don't we already filmed the part that we do next. So we know where we're going. And then there was a bit at the end where they're like, we haven't filmed the episode yet. But we've done the end. So we're going to ADR over uh, <coughs> random lip movements, everything that we did throughout the episode. Um, episode six was the Candle Nights episode. And I have to be honest, it was mainly just uh, like a documentary of the live show they do in Huntington every year for Candle Nights. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda sat in a chair and read a poem uh, throughout the episode. They prepared for their Candle Nights live show they showed clips of the Candle Nights live show, and then that was the end of the episode. Oh, there was also a little, um, a little animated bit about the made-up history of Candle Nights, and there were a lot of there was a lot of dongs in it. There was a lot of talk of ding dongs in it. So yeah, that's all that was. Oh, and Weird Al was there, and Weird Al showed up. Yeah. Um, very good, very good, very good. We watched two episodes of CISO's and me, and you know I gotta ask it. Hey, Andy. Hey, Ronnie. These two episodes of me, uh, did they work for you? Yeah. Cool. Yep. Uh, hey, Evan. Yeah, Ronnie. These two episodes of my brother, my brother, and me. Uh, did they work for you? I'm actually going to say no. <gasps> These two, I think, were my least favorite of the bunch. Um, I thought the Candle Nights one was mostly just kind of boring. And also, if you didn't have context for like who the McElroys were, this one would make the least sense to you. I mean, I did have context for it, but I just thought like, oh, they couldn't think of an idea for an episode. So they just took footage of the live show that they were already doing. So that one just didn't didn't vibe with me. Uh, five was fine, but I don't think it was uh, exemplary. So I just felt eh about them. They weren't. Uh, I didn't love them. Sure, sure. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Did these episodes of CISOs my brother, my 
brother, and poop. <laughs> Got him. Got him. Okay. <laughs> Work. <laughs> or piss. <laughs> double. A double dose. Double. Oh. I'm, I'm really, I'm glad that um that gave you a little chortle. I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed it. Ronnie thinks I'm funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, this the ending pending is working. I'll tell you that much. We're a hot, hot episode today. <laughs> um, it. You made me think just now, Evan. No, because, Ronnie. Because people, feelings. No, only. no. I I will say this for for me, and I think this is like a distinction that I like break down far too often arguing on the other side uh arguing that something works when it maybe doesn't this show for me personally works i enjoy it very much but does it work as like a television show Mm -hmm. um i don't and here's the thing where it's like a tree falls in a forest kind of thing i i don't think it does work unless you are like a fan of the McElroys, but then which makes me think like what you said, Evan, like this, this episode doesn't make any sense if you're not a fan of the McElroys. Whereas I think like, I don't think unless you're like partner or friends convince you to, I don't think anyone would watch this show for more than five minutes who wasn't a fan of the McElroys. So like, I guess but, but I but also but that's my point. Like, is it mm-hmm. is it good as a TV show? Eh, it's good if if you're a fan of the McElroys, and that's like the whole audience. So it's like I don't, I, I I'm I don't I do not think it worked these two episodes certainly, and maybe the whole thing, which is why we're covering it. Like, I think I like, think Safety Town, the episode with Safety Town, stands alone, stands apart as a beacon on a hill. You can try and hide it under a bushel and it won't work. But anyone as, who watches that episode will laugh. But as a McElroy bit, it works well. Yeah. There's tons of McElroy but bits online. I think more I, people like that. That's a good like hook for people to get into McElroy's is those like animatics online of their good, good bits. But as a TV show. Well, like that one episode as a TV show works. You can show that to someone they will laugh. I don't think you can show any other episode to someone who wasn't already I'm a Bim Bam fan and get them into it. I have heard from a few friends that the first McElboy product they consumed was the TV show. Interesting. Because they were hanging out with friends when it came out who were fans and they were drinking and they were like, oh, we're putting this on. Watch it. OK. That and they see. liked the t- that like hanging out with friends, drinking, watching it, laughing. And then they started listening to Adventure Zone or sure. what, whatever. But what a, what, a, what a journey. Like that is yeah. that is comparative to my Dragon Age journey of Dragon Age Redemption being my first Dragon Age and then <laughs> being able to like blossom into the world of like this other stuff is so awesome. Like a thing so- we've heard on Force Friends rewatch from a lot of people is their first Star Wars being Lego Star Wars. Sure. Oh, that yeah. The video games and like to me that's wild because like my first Star Wars was VHS and New Hope. Mm-hmm. But like But I think that's an accessibility thing more than it sure. is like a 
kind of know, a weird entry point just like a weird intro point like that's like lego star wars games are just like easy and f- or star Wars. the lego video games in general are easy yeah. and fun and, like, and cute they're great games yeah yeah and yeah. and then and, and like kids can play them and, and kids can watch the star Wars like lego shorts and stuff like that so like those are easy entry points this like this was behind a paywall like yeah, like, yeah this yeah, was yeah, extremely yeah. Like, it was extremely inaccessible, right, right? Which is really why I think it failed. I think yeah. it's a fine. I, I I think it's a good show. I enjoy it, but yeah, it one hundred percent failed because no one knew what the fuck CISO was, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I yeah yeah, and it, I mean CISO failed, so of yeah. course this show failed with it. Um, and I'm sure they tried to pitch it elsewhere, and and it's you know, there was another weird streaming service that was like aimed at like stand-up comedians aimed at stand-up like 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 if you liked stand-up comedians this had a bunch of stand-up specials on it and stuff and they tweeted out like three times in like 2019 that like we have the McElroy show and what about season two question mark and it like those tweets like blew up like Tons of likes, tons of retweets, yeah. and then they never t- season two. I, I do vaguely remember that that like season there was some buzz behind season two of the McElroys that wasn't just Justin McElroy tweeting how he wanted to do it. Um, yeah, I just I I I don't know. I I I am gonna err on the side of like as a TV show. I don't think it works as a like piece of extended lore for my brother and my brother and me. I loved it. It was amazing. Like it was hilarious. I I laughed. There, there is a much, much like the podcast, maybe not to the same extent of the podcast that we talked about. There's like a, a good heavy chuckle in each episode, even the episodes that are kind of clunkers. There's like Mm -hmm. some good stuff um, for fans of the genre of the oeuvre. Um, but as a TV show that could stand alone and sustain itself for seasons and seasons, I just don't, don't see how it could continue without just continuing to be a reference unto itself. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. a good point. That's, I mean, there's so many like re like the, it it drives me nuts. The like step-by-step, not step-by-step. What's the. The Full House, the Full House reboot is like totally just like it exists as a like 30 minute wink and nudge to its predecessor every single episode. And that I just don't understand how that is enjoyable or sustainable. But like there's act like there's people in it. I don't think this could like catch that same heat um and, and and keep it going for that long with that same thing and i don't know how you would mix it up and still make it as appealing to mcelroy fans i mean i would hope that the brothers have kept this podcast going for as long as they have and they have added new bits and dropped old bits and evolved and like kept it fresh and going I do think that they could have done a couple more seasons without it getting to the point where it was like it's overstated its welcome. So I do mm-hmm. think it's a bummer that we didn't get to see it flourish with like 
a full season even like six sure. episodes is not a full season no. um i would have liked to have seen more of it i do I, really enjoy this show i would have like that is the thing i love it i would love to see more of it i want way more of it and i and i would be interested to see what they do with the format and what they do with what they've learned from this um but we don't have that uh, the I mean, weird you know. bullshit that is Duck Dynasty, which is not actually about those people's lives, but is about them pretending it's about their lives. If they can go for like 10 goddamn seasons and talk about how penises don't belong in buttholes and stuff like that, like Phil Robertson. Yeah, I know his name, motherfucker. I got his number. Let's go, Phil. I'll fight you, Uncle Phil. Calling out Uncle Phil. Uh, or is that the. Is that. Is that Bam Margera's uncle? Uh, uncle Vito. Bam Margera's uncle Vito. dad is okay. Phil. Phil Margera. Yeah. The, on the I Phil spectrum. Phil you can Robertson go from... and Phil Margera at the same time. No, no, in no. A cage match. There's a spectrum. You can eat. You're either Phil Robertson on a scale of Phil Robertson <laughs> to Phil, Phil Margera. Um, God, what an asshole. Uh, speaking of assholes. Anyway. If they can go for like 10 goddamn seasons and literally just be the same thing every episode of the one brother is like, guys, we got to make these duck calls. And then the one guy says something incomprehensible and Uncle Sai goes, I don't want to have to make these duck calls. And then the brother's like, what if we did a zany redneck prank and like print money? It is is pretty wild. The the Mackle boys could have gone way longer and not got the stiff. Yeah, I, I do think that I, I forget which one of you said it, but um, the the, th- the thing about it being behind a paywall, yeah. if this had been on regular TV and you had never heard of the McElroys and you were just flipping channels and you saw this and you caught a little bit or two, you would be like, oh, this seems funny. Like, this seems charming. And then you would watch to the end of the episode and then, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I really think that this could have had a life in in the wider world uh, that it definitely could not have had on CISO. So I I do agree with you, Ronnie, that like this is definitely, you know, just a, an add-on product to the McElroy family of products, but um it is the sort of like silly, relatively inoffensive wholesome humor that I think would actually do like Bob's burgers. It's Bob's burgers. Isn't referential to anything, but Bob's burgers is just a silly, weird little show. And like, I think this could have succeeded for the same reason that that succeeded, which is that, you know, these, these family members like each other and they have weird senses of humor. So what worked about these two episodes? Um, uh, I did not like the ADR bit. I found Evan, that to be. Evan, what did I just say? What did I just say? Sorry. What worked, Evan? What worked? <laughs> I, it's, I, I, I want you to have your voice. I want you to speak. But it's 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 like it's a it's a joke at this point. I'm like, but. You know, no, you don't get to talk about ADR. You got to wait for the bad times. Oh, okay. Uh, I um, I like oh. their silly outfits. <laughs> I did. I like the bit where they were making fun of each other's outfits. 
this is a bit this is a repeat bit this is a mm-hmm. reference to their um um uh interview outfits or no griffin's interview outfit i got that- i got two bits from that first episode that really worked for me the first one is when griffin gets so frustrated that they can't end the transition to the next thing and he just like loses his goddamn mind and is like star white uh as someone who does a lot of uh improv voice acting work and has also uh guested on uh, a couple like improv podcasts boy howdy is it rough when you are like guys we gotta fucking wrap this scene <laughs> and like you can't say that you can't be like guys can we can we we've been recording for three and a half hours now can we fucking get to the goddamn boss fight so that i can uh eat my pizza pocket and take a shower and go to bed because i have work in five hours please can we end this goddamn transition and just fight this boss monster and be done recording you can't say that but this is griffin's tv show so he can say whatever he wants and i thought it was really funny Griffin's listen to good neighbors it's great (laughs) uh griffin's reactions in this whole episode are are very good um yeah he's done uh and it's very funny reactions to like like things like that like just being like griffin (laughs) when griffin is like frustrated with something that we we hear on the podcast fairly often but also like griffin's reactions to his own jokes um he's in the library where he's like making the book talk as if it's a video of thomas jefferson um and he's he's doing the voice behind the book and then he pops up like whoa can you believe like um and then there's there's a moment where he uh turns to travis after justin tells him that he looks like hepatitis if it were a person (laughs) um they're both carrying on very funny he turns to travis and gives him a very upset look and it's just like he's he's a good actor. He's yeah. he's quite good, despite like kind of being, uh, you know. I mean, he's. I was gonna say typecast. He's playing himself, so it I it is it is fairly typecast, I guess. But he's just his reactions are very very good and very comedic. Uh, I love the calling celebrities bit that came back. Mm-hmm. It it brought me back to uh, a memory of a. Uh, phone call to a particular Maryland science lab. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which uh-huh. is a which is a uh, ending pending deep cut lore from when we took over our friends podcast. And uh, it just gave me many a good flashback to my uh, undercover journalist days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, it's just, yeah, it's real funny. It's real relatable shit. Calling people on the phone sucks. And they were really funny. Yeah, I like that bit also. Uh, the 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 reactions that Justin and Griffin were having as Travis was just successfully talking to somebody on the phone. Like, yes, how do I join the Knights Templar? Ah, I see. I have Thank to be a you. Freemason. Could you could you give me the number to the Freemasons? <laughs> it was it was good. It was, it was very good, good. I think earlier when they are calling the celebrities for the tarantula parade, they I think it's just Justin and Griffin who try and make the calls. 
mm-hmm. who like of course they both end in like uh you know they burn in flames like they they fail miserably because they can't keep a straight face and their anxiety overwhelms them um mm-hmm. and it is so funny seeing Travis who just doesn't have as much of a problem with that stuff just kind of like sail right through while the two of them are just kind of like doubled over uh unable if the phone were in either of those hands the bit would have been over minutes ago but travis is just like sailing right through and his brothers are loving it and just gives you gives you a nice little uh insight into what their their upbringing must have been like what their childhoods must have been like mm-hmm. what do you think it's like to smoke weed with sonic the hedgehog <laughs> i think it probably goes fast Oh, that was good. Yeah. It's better than smoking weed with Chris Pratt Mario. Ugh, don't get me started on Chris Pratt Mario. Do not Mario. bring the zeitgeist into this podcast. My thing is they had Jack Black on board and they don't yeah. cast him as Wario? Jack Black and Charlie Day as Mario and Luigi or Wario and Maluigi would have uh-huh. been amazing. Uh-huh. Would have been amazing. What were they thinking? I could fight Chris Pratt and Phil Robertson and Phil Margera <laughs> at the same time think, in a I cage think, fight. I think they're starting to that 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 army is starting to grow a little bit for you. And Phil Margera is also looking around like, why am I here? Why am I amongst <laughs> these clowns? Well, I think the problem with Phil Margera is you think that he's like going to be the quick one out. But he's so used to being slapped in the face That's by fair. that rascal Bam that he can take punishment. He's like. Rocky Balboa, you can just keep hitting him and mm-hmm. it'll just keep getting back mm-hmm. up. He's taking so many slaps. <laughs> um. oh, we're going to do a drunk episode where I'm going to try and describe and break down every single aspect of Jackass uh, adjacent media and uh, it'll be it'll be a hoot. That's a lot of media. That's, that's a, Yeah, that's a they had a lot of sure. spinoff shows. Um, they had an astounding number of spinoff shows. Now that yeah. I think about it, mm-hmm. does anyone remember Wild Boys? I, I remember don't. Wild Boys. Uh, I remember CKY, which was the the you know whole impetus behind the, everything. That was the early the early yeah, years. Yeah. Um. I look I look fondly on the on like there every every bit of the the theater. Uh, exploration is just kind of it, it. It's nice. It tickles me. Um, you can tell that they are just like struggling to make jokes about anything, <laughs> but that's kind of what works about it. Yep. Yep. Um, I don't know. I found. Uh, no, nah, never mind. Never <laughs> no, mind. Evan. I've brought it nope. up now. Now you can say it. <laughs> now you can shit all over Ronnie's point. The the. The thing where they were struggling to make jokes, um, I didn't find as delightful as as y'all did. I kind of found it like a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe it's because I like have too much social anxiety and I can like feel their stress, you know, but I don't know, like put in in Griffin McElroy's shoes. I would also be getting a little testy at that point. I liked it. Continue. To me, it felt like when you're bored with your friends and mm-hmm. like you're trying to like 
get any kind of conversation. Like, to me, it just felt kind of relatable. And, uh, well, a lot of the goofs hit. The ones where they got a good goof and, like, it was then working, like, it's really rewarding. I know we're going to talk about the ARG in a second. Um, but if you if you go to, like, the ARG was real and, like, there were real websites that you could go to and, like, see. And one of them has, a, they, they have bonus clips. And I watched one before we started recording and it's like them going to being like old timey people going to the bathroom and like sitting in the, the listening room and president Taff has taken like a, a, like a real big dump in the bathroom. And it was very, I mean, it's potty humor, but it was very funny. And I wish they would have put it in the episode. I wish, I wish they wouldn't, they were, they, uh, they were not, so many things on the cutting room floor because I do think some of those bits were very good. I don't, I don't know what ARG stands for. ARG is like the 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 thing they did with the numbers, and they kept like zooming in on the numbers and stuff. The screen that, would kind of get fuzzy. And so like, an ARG is an alternate reality game. Oh, um, okay, yeah, that's yeah. what they were referencing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry. It's a re- it was a real thing. Like you could really like yeah. take all those numbers and punch it in, and and it would take you to these websites and stuff like that with bonus clips uh and and they were oh that was a real i thought they were i thought they were just doing a bit i thought that was a joke i think they may have done a bit and maybe then then after that then they actually did it yeah um yeah i could send you some links but it it was real yeah I, Um, i remember i remember alternate reality games i just uh live in a world of so many acronyms that i was just like scrambling like what compound is arg what yeah. what is ronnie talking about arg uh, arg um, but yeah i thought that it, it, it was more of that same um just bored brothers trying to make funny things happen in in kind of a because it's it's different from the um it, it harkened back a little bit to the secondhand shop, like the, the, the thrift shop where they were like looking for things and, and we're finding things because it's a thrift shop and like wild shit is everywhere. The theater was of course a far more sanitized experience. Um, and so the fact that they were able to get anything was, was fun and enjoyable in my opinion. Oh, the, the, you get to touch it one time. Now that you was touch very it once good. and we, that was very that was very funny. I chortled the loud at that one. They were like, uh, uh, "You can do not touch it." So we'll just push one button, and maybe that'll make the the door open. As Justin like leans on the organ, and they're like, "What? what you are you are touching it? You're touching it right now." And that's our one, and that's her. And Justin just has to walk away, embarrassed that he touched it. He did what the sign said not to do. I relate to Justin so much. Yeah. Um. I don't know if I'm just too sentimental or too sensitive, but like ev- I understand that like there wasn't a whole lot of meat on the bones of the final episode of the Canonites episode, but everything that was like, whether it was intentional or not, it, some of it was intentional to like elicit an emotional reaction, got a fucking emotional reaction out of me. It Justin is worth the price crying of at the end. Yes, for that. Yeah. Um, like, he is so proud of this thing he has made with his brothers, and he is so grateful that they came to town to do it. 
and they live far away now, but they got to hang out and make this together. And he's crying, and his brothers are being shitheads about it, and it's great. It was like even even like them like getting hyped up for the live show and entering to the live show and like you know getting to like bask in the glow of like their hometown and everything like that like all of that just like I was really just like I I like I, I don't know I, we we've had conversations about how like some of the comedy the McElroys is like eh and some of like the choices of the capitalism the McElroys is like eh but like that's like they were just so happy to be doing this thing that they made a career out of pretty much accidentally and, and get to, to like touch people's lives and make people happy. And like, I, I just got so wrapped into that and so emotional about it and capping it off with that, like super emotional moment at the end uh, with Justin, um, like crying his Emmy juice as, as his brothers <laughs> called it. Um, I, 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 it, it might be a little bit project. Like I've been having a lot of thoughts lately about like the, the friends I used to have or like people from my past. And like, this is a thing that like, I've always craved of like somebody knowing you your whole life and having this, like these, in, in these personal sentimental moments over things that you share. And like, I, I have to just like get over the fact that some of those things are just not going to happen. I'm chasing a lot of a lot of uh, past dragons when when future future unicorns and present unicorns are right in front of me. That's a weird metaphor. Um, but I that that just touched me in a way that I was like very, uh, you know, very, very made emotional, very made emotionally happy by it. My friends and I in high school uh, would make movies. And our senior year for the biggest movie we made, we had like a premiere at youth group and like we all wore suits for it. And like we got a red carpet and it was super cool. And you don't like get that sort of thing in adulthood. You don't get to like make a thing with your friends and be proud of it. Like who's got the fucking time for that kind of shit? Like. Unless you're like really pulling in those Patreon dollars or curiosity stream like Patrick H. Willems, you can't like make a movie with your pals. Um, but like we've been doing this podcast now for coming up on four years, coming up Mm -hmm. on 150 episodes. (laughs) And like that's a huge accomplishment. Like I get to make this podcast with three people who I love very much. I'm me. Shit, two people who I love very much, <laughs> and uh, you know, and we've done it for four years, and we've released a hundred forty-nine episodes plus some very good, good bonus drunk episodes, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, like I get Justin's reaction because, in some small way, I've also like created something with people I love, and it might not be as big as a CISO TV show, but uh, yeah, I'm fucking proud of it, and I get emotional when I think about it too. Yeah, oh, that was very sweet, dear. Love you too, Andy. Support us on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Give us some of that that Emmy juice. <laughs> the Emmys for podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. Um, the, the Pemmies. You say Pemmies? Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, Evan, what what didn't work about these episodes for you? I thought the ADR was really annoying. I did. I know it was supposed to be funny, but it just it just it just irritated me mildly. Sorry. Sorry, I busted in there with the ADR complaint right out the gate. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't love it, but it was such a small part of the episode that like. Didn't bother me that much. I don't know. I found it to be annoying for some reason or whatever. It just, it's it just, valid. It, was, it bothered it was, me like the way Matthew McConaughey bothers me, which is like for no good reason. I have no reason to dislike him. I just don't like his. I think there's plenty of reasons to dislike Matthew McConaughey. Is he a bad dude? Do I have I a reason now? I think he's Chris Pratt bad. Okay, that's, I think I he's mean, on that's that not level. great. That's not great. Yeah. Where he's like um, kind of casually bad mm, and like always threatening to run for like Republican governor of Texas or something. Um, with um, I find I find Matthew McConaughey to be incredibly annoying and I don't like his face and I don't like his voice. And this is just the same um, irrational, visceral reaction I had to the ADR. I just found it to be very annoying and not very funny. Um, then I have the same. I know I've brought this up in both previous episodes, but it does, again, just feel like they're really stretching that content. They're trying real hard to have enough content for a TV show. Yeah. What they definitely need is some like supporting players. If if this were to become a longer running, more expansive TV show, they definitely need some supporting characters to like work with. Clint or the mayor. <laughs> they need more. They need more <laughs> of them. Clint and the mayor only show up occasionally, and that's only two dudes. Like. Sydney is in this and she like waves and that's it. I was missing the mayor in these two episodes. He was there. He was in both of yeah, them. Yeah, he was there, but barely. I love okay. the mayor. Um, I don't trust the mayor. Uh, stop. Everyone stop talking because I just remembered something that I love. That oh. when they were filling the theater for the live show, they um, were like, zooming in on people that had been there before like they zoomed in on the ghost hunters and they zoomed in on the blues society and then they zoomed in on the proprietor of the thrift shop oh. and she brought mac the yeah. turtle with her <laughs> yes, yes. she did Andy pointed this out it's very, it's good. very good. Oh, it's so good so good that might have been the best bit of that whole episode that was funny yeah can't cannot deny oh that was very good anyway anyway back to things that didn't work um, lot of oh. like, lot of ding dong humor in that in that final episode. Yeah, yeah. not funny. Yeah. No, a little. I mean, one ding dong joke is funny. One ding dong joke. I think it was funny that like Justin revise like revised his character to have a ding dong that was one inch longer than his brother's ding dong. But that's like the end of it because then you're getting into territory of like. Haha, the the size of ding dongs is like what's funny because mine's bigger and that is better and and it's it's it just got very they really drilled in on the ding dong humor 
Mm-hmm. Um, they were drilling those ding dongs. They were drilling those ding dongs a little too hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. A couple, a couple of soft ding dong jokes might have been fine, um, but altogether, it just fell a little flaccid. Yeah, it was. It was uh, too fucking. Fucking is is the ding dongs do that fuck. sometimes. Yeah. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're getting. Uh, at. I was I was gonna try and do like a hard joke, but then like I couldn't, I couldn't finish it, and like the joke never <laughs> came, and then I just made a mess of everything because it. Well. <laughs> uh, this is, yeah. Okay, now we're doing the. Okay. Now we need to stop. We're uh, um, we're doing we're overdoing the ding dong. We jokes. are overdoing yeah. the ding dong jokes. Yes. Um. Yeah, it was it was just. A little much, and then and then the fact that like Lynn also ah, I couldn't got get both hands them. around the joke. Oh, okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> Suffice it to say, if you've listened to the last three minutes of this, it was too much. <laughs> this was this was a lot, and it was more than this. So clearly, it was mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. Um, what else, Evan? The bit where they got like grumpy and yelled at the the i mean it was jokingly they like jokingly yelled at the question asker guy i didn't think that was funny but they were like joining a secret society is hard and we can't do that this is a dumb thing to ask us you dumb trash man you garbage person and then they like i mean it was meant to be funny and they apologized later for calling the question asker garbage man it just didn't feel funny, and it I felt like I felt like it was another example of them like working really hard to fill time. They were just like, "Okay, we need a ninety second bit here. What do we do? Let's just yell at the question asker for asking us to do something dumb." That's the whole premise of your show, guys. I liked it. I think it would have it it would have been be- because they said like they they called all of these places and none of them like responded back. I think mm-hmm. it would have paid off a little better if they showed some of that and maybe they recorded it and there was just no content there at all. So this could, could definitely have happened. But I do think like the joke pays off when they get through on the phone to the Knights Templar and they're like when they come back apologize and I'm like, actually, this is fine. Like this is this is a reasonable thing to ask. We didn't think it would be this easy. Um, I didn't think it was too terrible. But it does have a lot of unearned anger there that while it does pay off is unearned in the moment. I think it's really funny when podcast hosts yell at their audience. Yeah. I mean, I just think that's a really funny, is that your unbiased kind of, funny, kind of bit funny joke? joke to do. Yeah. And I don't think we should tell people who do podcasts that it's not funny to yell at their audience. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you think the audiences feel about that? Uh, I don't want to think about their feelings. Oh, see now. Well, now our 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 listeners have hearts and and emotions. Oh, I wasn't talking about our listeners. I was talking about the sure. my brother and brother sure. and me people's listeners. Well, let's the, the my brother, my brother and me people's wink have hearts and emotions and also potential Patreon dollars. So like let's <laughs> Do we have a host who repeatedly yells at? Oh, Anything else that think, didn't work about? I don't these think we episodes. do that. I don't think we do that. No, I I just uh, 
my my general complaint is that um there's not enough content to fill out the 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 time. There's not enough content for the whole episode. They need more questions per episode or they need more side characters or something. But my mm. my general my general vibe is just that like they were they were trying really hard to stretch it into content and I could I could see the thin spots, you know. Yeah. Which yeah, which is like, like which you know, borders onto what I was saying earlier of just like, is, is this sustainable? Is this something mm-hmm, yeah. that like longevity wise has, has legs? The episodes that I think really shine are with them, like getting into the meat of Huntington and like these three weird internet famous boys are from this quirky small town. And I think that's where this shows shows. That's where this show shines oh boy uh and like these last two episodes really aren't about that so uh like i do agree i do think these are the two kind of weaker episodes like the secret society one they talk to like the blues society but like not enough yeah for that to really feel like a bit and they kind of like run around this really old theater but there's no like theater people there for them to interact with Mm -hmm. so like there's stuff there that's good, but I I do see what Evan is saying. It's a little thin. It's a delicate balance because like you do want people around and you want them to like maybe even like script a bit in the the theater to like like make it a little bit more you know have give it a little bit more stock. But like the bits where it is clearly scripted is like that shows a lot too. Like that feels long-winded in itself. So like it it's this like delicate balance that you have to figure out. And also like yes. I I they need to do more things per episode. Like in the in the tarantula episode for instance, they end up like saying I I think a parade is the best way to get Dan to have a tarantula. And then the episode becomes, how do we put on a parade as mm-hmm. opposed to let's fight, figure out more and more reasons why Dan should have a tarantula that like, that is what makes the show. So like the podcast so interesting. Cause they'll go, go deep, 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 and then just abandon it and be like, well, what about this though? Unless we do this, like it, Unless. you're not you're not budget wise, I guess, production wise, able to switch gears as quickly on a TV show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think hurt them a little bit. But that's not even that, that's not even a part of this two episodes. I'm just talking about the show in general. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, I think we're done. <laughs> well you heard them it's, it's time to wrap it up I'm gonna that's, eat my pizza that's pocket the yawn of the ending of the ending I got, ending. I got um, work in five hours baby ew gross I don't that's a lie oh. <laughs> they don't know when we record this yeah they have no idea when this is taking place um 150 episodes next yeah yeah. yeah. no pressure or anything guys seriously Stand hammer it. that home so everyone expects yeah. something big if you're listening to this episode and then there's an off week, know that it's because we don't know what to do for 150 and we're panicking. <laughs> or 
know that we've come up with a really fucking cool idea. And logistically, we just need the extra time to make it happen. It's going to be one of those two things. So be forgiving if there's no new episode in the week after you hear this. And ignore the fact that we just took a week off. Yeah, Um, we... We were traveling. Yeah, we were we, we were, were not vacation. physically here. We were elsewhere. Times is hard. Okay, everyone. And I was really hoping that a cool idea would spark, and yeah. it didn't. Cool. <laughs> if you got a cool idea for episode one hundred and fifty, get it into us really quickly. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tweet yeah. that at us, but tweet it like low key, so that not everyone though. sees it and everyone thinks it was our idea first. Um, I'll, I'll give you credit. Sure. Yeah. Just don't want to look desperate. Um, but we are. Too late. <laughs> uh you can follow us on Twitter and send us your 150 episode ideas uh at pending pod. And you can f- f- figure out what's going on with the Where They May Radio Network at where they dot com. Uh links to our merch store, links to all of our shows, links to the Patreon. All available there at where they made.com. Um, yeah, we we have some we we are we are, have been like putting off a lot of uh, recordings because like the world is is a t- difficult place to live in right now and we're all coping in our own ways. But there's a lot of cool stuff coming your way. Yeah, um, lots of cool bonus stuff, both uh, that is going to be released on the live feed and on the Patreon. Um, so, you know, check it out. Get in there. Get get messy with with the where they make content. Evan's gonna describe before to us or something. No, not well. No, <laughs> no, no. Before okay. is no, an element. There's no, no. There's no. There's no vor in okay. the megaverse. Okay. Well, I guess there could sh- be, but it's not a convention. It's not standard. Shot in the dark, and I missed mm-hmm. on what the megaverse is. We'll see uh, if I uh, we figure out more. It is yeah. apparently not for. Um, very interesting things. I, I, was, <laughs> I got to to get real in the in the in the thick of uh, some fan fiction is good actually in the past couple weeks. Uh, oh yeah, I was I was I was a guest editor there, um, and uh, just really really enjoyed spending a little extra time there. Love that podcast, Evan. Thank oh, you thank doing you, Ronnie. That. Uh, you should check that out. New episodes uh, coming soon, and, and new episodes currently out. Yeah, and there's eleven episodes already. Listen to them. Force Friends rewatch is, is wrapping up the Mandalorian soon. Yeah, we're about to wrap on the Mandalorian season two, and then we got big things planned for our next adventure with uh, the Star Wars season uh, three coming of our podcast, not of the Mandalorian. But yeah, <laughs> um, and I and I gotta give mad mad props to andy for every week on force friends mentioning the upcoming uh definitely happening debut of where of where they may radio's new podcast music and lyrics by um it's happening we got a lot of interviews on on the docket it's happening very soon i'm very excited uh thank you andy for keeping keeping that in the back of people's minds constantly I really um, want to guest on it, so I'm just going to keep mentioning it until I get that invite. Listen, listen, I, I told you, anytime, anytime, you just call me in the middle of the night and just start start singing. Um, Kirsten will love that. It's great. I'll put it on speaker. The whole house will get it. 
that's it from all of us. Uh, thank you to our listeners. Thank you to uh, everyone who supports us everywhere on Patreon, especially, but anywhere is excellent. And thank you to you two for being just 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 joys of my Tuesdays. Aww. The, the joy you, of my Tuesday. You're great, Ronnie. You're you great. You're the best. How do we end these episodes? Ronnie's the best. Yeah, new ending. Ronnie's the best. No, that, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> if your name is Phil, know that I'm coming for you. <laughs> if your name is Phil, it might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. But know that I am. I'm aware of you and I'm coming for you. What if your middle name is Phil? Still counts. Like Philip. Like if your middle name is Philip. Mm-hmm. Still counts. Okay. Ronnie, I'll kick I, anyone's ass. I'll kick my own ass. Ronnie, I have and always will be my own biggest enemy. <laughs> Very legitimate. And biggest fan, as, as you said earlier. Yeah, how much you love true all three too. Of the podcasts. It's very First confusing up in here. <laughs> my fourth therapist. <laughs> we're, we're done. We're done. Okay. Where They May Radio.